This is the show that's all about your money, making it, keeping it, growing it, protecting it from those greedy bastards over at the IRS, all of it. So you know Sam a little better than I do. Sure do. I've chatted with Sam before, but why don't you go ahead and give her the introduction there and um, I'll let you take it away. Sounds good. Right? Yep. So this (laughs) is... Sam, I got to say, you look pretty perky for 5 a.m. Thank you. It's kind of the light on, makeup on, ready to go. (laughs) That's impressive. I uh, I was like, poor poor Sam, five a.m. in Hawaii. So Sam uh, lives uh, uh, in Hawaii. If you're wondering why she's so early in the morning here, and so yes, that is uh, that's awesome that you are up and and willing to join us. So thanks for joining us. So I've known Sam now for. Well, probably going on three years ish, give or take uh, that and and had a chance to uh, see Sam do some amazing things with her business and continue to get to follow along with her on the great things that she's doing with her business. Um, I'll let her explain her business because I'm going to do a bad job of explaining exactly the market she does. I usually uh, joke with her about her audience, but it's it's a no joke audience and she's doing exceptionally well with it and doing some awesome things. So I'm excited to have Sam on with us. Um, and also, uh, we're going to talk through kind of your, your journey. I know Ron put on here about growing business with, through social media, but what you do is so much more than that. So I think it's a, it's a fun one to, to talk through and, and really get some ideas of how you've grown your business, making money, all that good stuff. And then, uh, you know, if you have any tax questions while you're on here, since you're making money, you can ask Ron and Ron will answer those as part of the keep more part of the show. So welcome, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here and talk with everyone. Um, in terms of my weird audience, as um, Dominic likes to put it, is I, my, I mean, my business model is this mixture of uh, digital marketing agency and business coaching and program creation. And we specifically serve what I like to call weirdos and spiritual entrepreneurs, course creators, and how they can't most most of them women and how they can actually grow their business around um, social media funnels, all that good stuff. And um, most most of my audience, most of my clients are on Instagram and they use Instagram, if not Facebook, to uh, both generate new new leads, generate new leads and make actually convert those into sales. So Instagram and social media are incredibly important uh, for my people. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it today. And I have my little list of notes based on um, what Dominic said he wanted to talk about. (laughs) Nice. That makes her the single most prepared person we've had on the show yet, including (laughs) us. I was like, I don't trust my brain. (laughs) No, I want the unfiltered Sam. I love when you just get free flowing and thinking. Dominic, are we supposed to actually prepare for this show? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, we invited a guest. I mean, we got that far. This this entire time. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so well, go ahead, well, I, I think what's what's interesting, Sam. I'd love to just talk a little bit about your journey uh, along the way and and some of the things that you've accomplished. Like, I'm so proud of you and the things that you've done with your business. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of little your a little bit about your journey, just kind of where you came from. Like, what were you doing three four years ago? What was kind of the business model? What does it look like today? Yeah. So. I mean, I I have been like in the marketing industry for about a decade. I started, both my parents were freelance graphic designers. So right out of college, instead of, I had, I considered myself neurodivergent and didn't think I could handle a nine to five. So I just went right into freelance marketing. Um, And that kept that up until about three years ago when I was like, oh, I could actually be making significant more if I structured my business like a marketing agency. So that's what I started doing. And I started working with higher end clients with higher retainers. Um, and that just went really well. <laughs> it was a, it was a fairly easy transition other than like the, the emotional turmoil that it is for all entrepreneurs when you're pivoting. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I, um, when I was working with you, Dominic decided to uh, transition into having a mastermind program. So I, the agency side of the business, we work mainly with seven plus figure um, businesses and uh, with the marketing, uh, with the mastermind, we're actually able to work with people who are at the six figure level, the multiple six figure level and 
I mean, in the it it was probably a from years and years of hardly making enough money. It was this really quick three months month transition from from like getting to five figure months to getting to multiple five figure months. It was just like boom, boom, boom. Um, so nice. I love the online space just because of that. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, you know, Sam's Sam's going to tell you the humble version of this, but just watching her journey, uh, just the like light bulbs going off and the stuff that she's done and and just kills it. But I will also say it's by no by by no means just luck. Like Sam puts in the work uh, to do this. And I think that's, you know, obviously we talk about this a lot on the show is there's and and I talk about a lot in my content. There's not a lot of hacks out there really like just simple things that just you wave the magic wand and your business grows, you know, 30, 40% or more. Actually, you've, you've well more, you've far exceeded that, but uh, it's really putting in the work and the effort. And uh, while you guys are on the opposite side of the United States, got somebody from Orlando and and Sam here in uh, Hawaii. So there you go. Um, But you, we've uh, yeah, it's, it's that, that, that effort, that, that just go for it type of thing. And, And I love what you're talking about. It's not only the mental stress of the, uh, any kind of transition that you make inside of your business, but it's the mental stress of just working with clients, uh, dealing with with other human beings and all the stress that comes with that as your business grows, because, you know, the more you get paid, sometimes the more you get asked. But let me ask you something on this one, and that we'll, we'll get into this, but Ron and I have talked about this topic a few times in the past, and uh, I'm curious to see what your thoughts, because I think I know the answer. Um, but just just what have you noticed as you've transitioned into that especially when you moved your retainers into those higher kind of clients, those, those upper tier clients, the seven, the, the people who could afford your services for real. What did you notice with that as, as opposed to like the people that were, when you were barely scraping by smaller retainers kind of things, what, what's been the. I mean, difference? they're, they're much better clients, <laughs> much, much less of a headache. Um, actually respect you actually respect what you do, respect your boundaries. Um, and Really, I, I, I mean, I, I do want to share what I, I believe I was able to get those really quickly because I wasn't just spraying out pitches to people. I was like, I want to work with this person and being very intentional, like trying different routes to get them because there's like there's gatekeepers from actually getting people to talk to them. So I was really I, I was going different routes to get to talk to this one person and making custom a uh, very custom pitch and really thinking about her business. And that was a really, really and, and it's still something that I, I use to this day is like I I think it's for anyone who's trying to get a job somewhere, anyone who's trying to work with a specific client, like make your short list of amazing like these are the best of the best that I want to work with and these are my reasons it's not because they're flashy it's because I'm fucking in love with their work and go for them and actually put in the time to um, craft something that's beautiful for them I, I love that it's huge it's and I think that that it speaks to now you're you're in a fairly you're in a well-defined niche um, mm-hmm. you probably could even go more laser focused inside of that niche but like you're really focused in on that particular group the the spirituality space and and all that but it is interesting i think back to one of our first conversations we ever had three years ago when you gotten some advice to just go after anybody at local businesses hey why don't you live in hawaii why don't you focus on hospitality businesses in hawaii now what's really funny about that if my memory serves me correctly that was towards the end of 2019 yeah and we all know what would happen to the hospitality industry at the beginning of 2020 uh, especially in Hawaii, because Hawaii went on like Uber lockdown, Probably. right? Yeah, full on. Right. So I think that what and and I and I think back to like just how unhappy you probably would have been if you, and now I know you would have made it work. You're you're that kind of person, but like I think this going back to this discussion, like you just said, is working with the people that you absolutely want to work with, manifesting mm-hmm. that, if you will, to use some of the woo-woo terms I've learned from you. Uh, you know, see who you want to work with, have that person clear in mind, and then and then just uh, just go for it. Uh, I love mm-hmm. it. Like that's that's awesome. So, and I, I think this this um, perspective works in other elements of business too. It's like one thing that I, I've been really um, uh, working through recently is like what it, it is something that I, I, I've thought about before, but I'm now going deeper with is what do you actually want to be known for in 10 years? Like actually, actually, actually want to be known for. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, Oh, I'll, I'll like someday work on this. It's like, 
if you actually start putting in the work right now and carving uh, carving out your intellectual um, property and actually putting yourself out there in this that way right now, like you're going to have the mind blowing business that you want in 10 years. And that's that's about actually doing what you want and and being known for what you want. And it it starts in being really uncomfortable in the beginning because there's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a lot of um or, or like maybe your industry like doesn't even exist. Maybe what you want to do doesn't even exist and you're you're carving out something completely new. Like so I, I think it works and I'm sure we can find other examples of how this is true of like just go for what you actually want. <laughs> right. No, I love that. Um I do actually want to dig into but we should probably, you know, since Ron is technically like I guess the host of this show, we should probably let him talk if he wants to. But I do want to dig no. into that that topic you just brought it up, which was not on our planned list of topics to talk about, but I think is one that Ron and I, we were, we were joking, I don't know, two weeks ago or something about every fourth episode, we come back to mindset. Um, and how important mindset is, but I think one, it is on the list, right? (laughs) Sweet. Um, but I do think that one of the interesting things about mindset though, that's a killer and you and I've had these discussions. I've certainly suffered from it. I'm not sure Ron ever has, uh, you know, he might be one of the 30%, but statistically speaking, like the, the actual studies on imposter syndrome say that more than over 70% of people will suffer from it at some point or another. And I yeah. think it hits, as far as entrepreneurs, this is anecdotal, I haven't done a research study on it, but of the hundreds of entrepreneurs I've worked with, I would say it's far more than 70%. So talk to me a little bit about that, like um, that whole imposter syndrome thing. Like what's, you know, what, it, what where, how did it rear its head and how did you conquer it? Um... It, I mean, it, it rears its head in a bunch of different ways. It from like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, there's a lot of situations when I was getting started of like the voices in my head, uh, weren't, were really harsh. And then the proof I was getting from clients was the opposite of what was in my head. So the way I got through it was just keep moving forward, <laughs> keep taking action, just keep doing the thing. And like, even while, even if your brain is telling you that you suck and you don't know what you're talking about and all these people are better and all these people's businesses are better than yours and you don't know what you're doing, like my way through it, which is probably not the, like the most compassionate way for myself, if I would have just like, I don't know, journaled through it or something. Um, I just kept taking actions forward and doing my best work. And I, clients would tell me how grateful they are for me, sending me bonuses, sending me like love notes essentially sending me things of flowers and I was just like okay I must I must be doing it okay if like the if if this is what's happening um so I mean it's it's the advice you don't want to hear which is like just keep going just keep going (laughs) yeah no it's so true and I love CJP's statement too there she's one of our regular uh listeners here is is and good to see you again um, but you feel it reminds me that I'm growing into new places and spaces successfully. I do think that there's an element to that, right? And so those of you who don't, I mean, if there's anybody who doesn't know the definition of imposter syndrome, it's the, according to uh, the dictionary, it's the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as the result of one's efforts or skills. Or the way I've used to hear described is somebody is like, God, I hope they don't find me out that I really don't know what I'm <laughs> talking about. And and the reality is, is that like Sam does know what she's talking about. We all know what we're talking about. And in your sphere of genius, the things that you're really good at, you do know what you're talking about. It's just that part of our brain that starts to question that. So it's just an interesting topic. I've definitely dealt with it. I agree with you. It's a lot of it is you just got to keep going. And then when you do get those compliments, I think, you know, for all for many of us, especially if you do suffer from imposter syndrome, is that you don't want to take those compliments. You almost want to be like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, it, I know it's just, I, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Whereas the reality is you got to listen to those and go, okay, let me, let me digest that a little bit. And let me take that in and realize that that's, that's how that other person saw me. And it's a big deal to them. And we do make an impact to their lives. So. And there, there is some, uh, I'm, I'm not going to remember the exact numbers, but there's been some studies done around hypnosis and uh, with the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best to remember what I'm trying to say (laughs) is like when you're trying to do a habit change, um, which can include like you believing that you're not an imposter or like Mm. you're, you're actually good at what you do is like, you have to do a certain level of repetitions. Like if you're, you're thinking about like the, um, the neurons in your brain, you just have to carve that pathway, carve that pathway, carve that pathway over and over and over and over again with just 
taking action over and over again. Um, the other way to do it is have a um, significant life change. Like you lose someone, you move across the country, you whatever, like that actually will like allow it to, to like solidify that new <laughs> neuron. And then the, uh, they, they also found was like working with your subconscious. So like stuff like hypnosis um, or uh uh, working with drumming, working with someone who can actually uh, get into your subconscious mind that works like super fast and that can bypass the like just having to do that thing over and over and over again to relay it. Um, and also around um, mindset work because I it is such a big part of my own practice and like I, I have a ton of coaching clients so like mindset is always like everyone knows their own mindset work um, in my little corner of the internet. Um, a great way to like, if you wanted a daily journey, journaling practice to actually work on it, um, instead of just being like, well, I'm just fucking putting one foot after another, um, <laughs> is if you can, if you can write out your goal, um, and maybe that's, I want, um, to start making $50,000 months. I don't know. And then free write every, all of the reasons why that's bullshit and will never happen. Um, and then go and actually turn around all of those. So if maybe it's like, I don't have enough people in my audience and I would have to raise my prices and I don't believe I'm worth that much. And um, my clients actually hate me and I'm an imposter. And um, I, uh, I don't believe my dream clients even exist. And if they do exist, they're buying from this other person who's, who I consider my competitor. Like what are all of those like really dark, ugly thoughts in your brain in relation? You actually want to write those down and look at them and get them out of your head. Um, and then first of all, you want to flip then not first of all next you want to flip all of those thoughts. So like, if it was like, I don't have enough people in my, my audience right now, Ask yourself, is that actually true? Um, and what is actually more true? Because most of these thoughts are just not true. Because let's say you need 10 clients in order to get that $50,000 a month. Then like, do you have at least 10 people in your audience? Like, oh, probably, right? Or like, do you know 10 people? Or do you know 10 people you could pitch? Like, so what is the more true statement that you can flip? Um, and then from there, you can actually create some new beliefs that you want to be working on. So uh, you have your you have your goal, you have your ugly thoughts, you have your more true thoughts, and then you can actually make like, what are the beliefs that I want to take out of this? And um, the, that I mean, in our example, it could be um, I have I have enough people in my audience already. Like there are already 10 people orbiting around me in my, in my little corner of the universe. Or like, I, I do get my clients amazing results. Like, so that's a, um, a fairly quick journaling thing that if you did on a daily basis, it would actually blow your mind of how quickly you can, you can, um, change your beliefs. And, um, there are three, when you are selling, at least when you're selling, uh, in the, the online program space, there's three beliefs you really want to pay attention to. One of them is like belief in yourself, which is like that imposter syndrome, like you believing that your work, your um, you are actually good as a practitioner. Belief in the client, like that's one that people usually don't look at because a lot of people can be like, my clients are the worst. They never do the work. They um, they don't want to pay me. They're the like they don't respect my boundaries. So like looking at your beliefs in their clients, and then the belief in your offer. So that could be like I. Uh, actually falling in love with what the offers that you do have or making the offer, uh, changing your offer so that it is something that you can fall in love with. Okay. End of tangent. No, I love it. <laughs> I, no, that was a great tangent. Cause I think when you walk through the, all the reasons why you can't do 50,000 as your example on the journaling, like I'm thinking, I bet you a bunch of people watching this are going like, yep. Oh no, that's totally true of me. Oh, that's totally. And that, that's the thing that we all fall, fall into is that trap of that we, that we create, you know, we, we become our own barrier to, to success. And I do love your three points. I hadn't heard it articulated like that. And I love it. But it is interesting to me. One of the things that I'm passionate about talking about, too, is model the behavior you want in your clients. Like if you don't believe in yourself and you nickel and dime and we'll get to this question that the only Karina sent over about small businesses that don't have a lot of budget. Um, which is a great question, but there's an element of it is, is I think what I see with people is their, their inability to close a really good client is because they often behave the opposite of what they want somebody to buy. 
right? So if I want somebody to spend money, but in my life, I really don't spend money on anything. Like I want you, let's say we're in the coaching space. You know, you and I both are in that space. We're, we're in that space and we say, oh, well, why wouldn't you invest, you know, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month in my coaching program? Do we belong to a coaching program and spend $2,000 or $3,000 or $5,000 a month, whatever we want? You have to model that behavior, right? Like Ron's in financial stuff and it, he's been in that that industry for a long time. He also takes care of his damn finances. Like, like it models the behavior that you want out of your clients. And I do see sometimes that mismatch. So if you don't believe in yourself and then it, I love, again, I love the way you articulated those three points. If you don't believe in yourself and then you don't believe in your clients. Take a look at point number one. Because point number one is probably defining the types of clients you get. If your clients suck, guaranteed you do too. Like in another way, like you're just, you're modeling a different kind of behavior. You can overcome it, but if people won't invest, look what you're investing. And, and if yeah. you're not putting in that effort and you're not willing to do those things. And if you're stuck in your ways and you want your clients to listen to you and do something different than they currently do, you're not modeling the behavior. And if, if, if Dominic's saying that is triggering to you, like even like, let's understand the logical side of this is if you have never invested in some high ticket program for yourself, you have never gone through within yourself and coached yourself through objections. You've never been, so you could never coach someone on a coaching, uh, on a sales call to get, go through those objections. You've never been through them yourself. You're probably, you probably are carrying the objections within you. So how could you ever um, walk someone through that and help them to the other side? And you've never actually had the somatic experience of, of uh, being afraid of, of like being like, wow, this is like a stretchy. This is more than I've ever spent on myself. And then getting to the other side of it and getting amazing results and it's suddenly being safe for you. So like it, it can sound woo-woo but if it, like you you look at those logical steps like it actually makes sense <laughs> no for sure totally so uh i'll have to google somatic experience later but um these are i'm just writing down the words that i don't know what sam says uh that it, but it's awesome because i love her vocabulary so awesome um but uh no i'm, I'm kidding i sort of kind of know what somatic experience is but, <laughs> but not really but i really will google it later um let's let's change gears if we don't because I, I we didn't intend for it to get into a mindset that you just said some stuff that that went into it and uh and and this is this is uh was was awesome and hopefully helpful for, for i know helpful for those people somebody somebody in the audience needed to hear that let me tell you we had a great question from the only karina she said kind of switching gears into this and I, i'm sure you've gotten this question uh about fifty thousand times what do you recommend for small businesses who need help with marketing but don't have a big budget to start yet? Um, do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I would recommend like if you are at ground zero and you are doing nothing anywhere, it like it really actually depends on what your business is because if you're a local business that just uh, has um, local clients, I would recommend different things than if you're an online business trying to sell to a global audience. Because if, if you are local, then there are amazing, uh, like you would do, you can do Google ads, um, which is very, actually very cheap in a, in a local space, unless right. you live in like Maui or New York. Um, and uh, doing flyers, doing uh, commercials on the radio locally. There's a lot of local specific, but if you are a small business, that's an online business. I mean, uh, social media is free. <laughs> social media is free. Um, I always recommend, um, going deep on one platform. And that was one of the mistakes that I wanted to highlight Dominic of like mistakes I see people making is they want to be like omnipresent from the beginning. And like, I'm just going to repur I'm going to make one piece of content and repurpose it everywhere. And like, it, it sounds very sexy, but like, if you actually think of marketing as relationships and you're, you're trying to flit around and like be uh, like make these tiny touch points to a bunch of different groups, you're actually going to make better, uh, bigger strides if you focus on one platform. You're on Instagram right now, so maybe it's Instagram. Um, and just learn how to do it really well. And it doesn't have to be some, it can be something that takes you 15 minutes a day, right? Um, usually usually our, our own um, brains will resist this idea and be like, oh my gosh, I have to write something for Instagram. And then you spend two hours just having that thought over and over and over again of like, oh my God, I have to do this thing when it really could just take 15 minutes. Um, and 
learning how to write in a in a persuasive way is very very powerful um so like copywriting laugh but true um so that that involves knowing who your person is um your your ideal client uh knowing the actual uh what they want from your product i don't know you're a small business owner i don't know if that's a digital product i don't know if that's a physical product you usually or i don't know like what price point and that will that will affect how you are actually writing um but you do need to know who your person is and what they want and what your product actually gets them and what that before and after transformation is um and you don't have to hire anyone to do that. Spending time on a platform in and of itself is amazing research. So if you want it, like, let's, again, let's say that Instagram is the, the platform that you're deciding to use, just spend some time on Instagram and watch what people are doing. Okay. And you do want to pay attention to who you're, who you're watching, because the way that um, someone who has a million followers is going to be different than how you want to actually act because they already have a million followers and you need to actually pay attention to those um those smaller people and how they are doing they're trying to grow their audience it's like you wouldn't design your website like apple does you need to like actually design it in a way that people can understand what you're doing because you don't have this big presence in the market yep no i love that i would i would add one thing real quickly karina for anybody who's wanting to do marketing Sam said a couple of good points, which is like, do the research, learn copywriting. I would take it back even one step earlier, which is read on good marketing. And I think the number one resource to get started with is Dan Kennedy. I would pick up Dan Kennedy's magnetic marketing book, which walks you through the basics of learning your customer, being everywhere that that customer is, how to speak to them how to get top of consciousness, which is when they think of what you do, the thing that you do, you're the very first name that pops into their head and the go-to person for that. So well, it, that's great, my it's, two cents. It's a great suggestion too, because you start to think about a lot of the people that are killing it in the, what, what, what the current group of people, they people think is killing it on the internet is all Dan Kennedy acolytes for the most part, right? Like, you know, Alex Hermosi came out of Dan Kennedy's program. He's one that's big on the on the on the webs on the social these days, right? He killed it on TikTok. Um, I mean, even Ryan Dice came out of from from Digital Marketer came out oh, yeah. of at Dan Kennedy's program. So you got a lot of depending on what generation you're looking at. You may look at Dan Kennedy and be like, oh yeah, he's he's old now, right? He, yeah. yeah, he's hundred years 100. old, and it's true. <laughs> Uh, but that, um, but that, but the, by the same token, like he's bred a lot of the current guys that are current using the same strategies that came out of magnetic marketing, which by the way, is the name of that book. Yeah. Uh, just if you, that. And if you guys have never read any of Dan Kennedy's stuff, um, Sam, I don't know if you have, but there's a whole book that he wrote on wealth attraction where this grumpy mutton chop kind of walrusy looking guy, um, reclusive will talk about really the exact same principles that your woo-woo audience would absolutely embrace because he's like, it starts with your mind. You will not achieve success. You know, he even gets into what did you hear about money sitting at the top of your stairs that your parents were talking about when they thought you were asleep that's messed your mind up about earning money and deserving money and phrases like hard-earned money that um so you'd be surprised how you know what's the saying you circle back around in peaky blinders and you end up in the same place that's a peaky blinders reference so joey b vet sacks dm me on that one because that's a question about what you're trying to get into that's i can't even answer that one without committing malpractice and answering (laughs) a bunch of stuff so now i'm trying to stay off their radar so um back to it Dominic, what yeah. well, Sam, what else did you have on your paper there? Well, I wanted to jump into this deep dive on the platform real quick before maybe she goes she's into got, some Maybe she's others. got other stuff on her paper that's better than that. That is true, but it's a good one. It's a good one. I, All I, right. Just, hey, it's the bottom of the hour real quickly, guys, if you're just joining us, because we know a lot of people hop on and pop off when this is live. This is the Make More, Keep More show. This is I'm Ron Carruthers. That's Dominic of Real Biz Advisors. That's Sam Garcia of The Dirty Alchemy um from maui where it's not even gonna the sun's not gonna come up for another couple of hours we appreciate our dedication and we just talk about all things money 
So growing it, keeping it, making it, running businesses. And today we're talking to Sam about her business, which is pretty rapidly transformed. And she's kind of the it person in the kind of coaching for spiritual things space. So anyway, Dominic, back to your question. Yes. So I I love this statement. And I actually had to get schooled a little bit on this recently. And I had lunch with Sam a couple months ago when she was in town and and she was giving me a, a oblique schooling on this as well. It's kind of interesting to see when you look at that statement you made around, you know, don't necessarily just try to replicate what you see people with a million followers doing. Um, because you can't, they can get away with certain things that, that you can't. So I think about, um, I can't think of, uh, Cody, I can't think of her last name, but she talks about like boring businesses. Uh, you got Alex Hermosi, you've got, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? The stuff that those guys and ladies can do at their level with the amount of audience that they have, and then the teams behind them that can separate up all the con- cut up all the content. Gary Vaynerchuk did a con- uh, some content the other day or a couple of weeks ago about the fact that he basically just journals his whole life and cuts it into content. So he's like, I gave one presentation. Thank you, Lindsay, Cody Sanchez. Um, Lindsay said hi to you earlier, by the way, uh, Sam. Uh, you hi, Lindsay. Lindsay. Good to see you. Um, yeah, hey Lindsay. I'll yeah. say hi to Lindsay. It's, I can do that. You can say hi to Lindsay too. You can have, I, <laughs> I just did. Semi met Lindsay. Um, but yeah, so I that he was talking about. He's like, yeah, I did one. I did one public speaking gig. All right. Well, first thing you probably can't replicate if you're not Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Is a massive public speaking gig. And he's like, we turned it into 45 different posts on all the channels. Well, bless you for doing that. You have a team. Right. And I think I remember when I started the social and then recently I was, you know, hitting Instagram hard. You and I were talking about that right when I was starting on that journey. And I'm like, I don't know how to get all this stuff done. And, and you were like, yeah, just just I don't know, just put a stories on. Did you know there's like a hands free setting on stories? No, I didn't know that. Right. And you just talk into the camera and in that deep dive into that platform and not trying to then take the same video and put it on TikTok and the same video to put it on there where else. And and virtually every one of those people I just met, actually all or mentioned, all those people I just mentioned started on one platform. Gary Vaynerchuk started on YouTube with Wine Library TV. You know, Alex Hermosi and Cody Sanchez started on TikTok, blew it up on those platforms, and now we're on every platform. And I love that statement around that that you said that of and because that's another way to quickly create imposter syndrome when you're trying to go five, six social platforms, replicate yeah. across all killing yourself you spend more time video editing i only know this from personal experience more time editing your videos than you do creating any content or getting on sales calls editing videos what's that yeah exactly <laughs> yes, i know right but all right uh, let her get to her paper yeah yes let's, what's, what, on the paper? what's on the paper by the way i'm just gonna i'm gonna add one thing to that which is i get asked all the time why aren't you on TikTok? you know why aren't you here and it's like i'm on two platforms twitter and I learned Twitter, got up to about 25,000 followers on Twitter. I think I'm a little over 30 now before I ever even thought about Instagram. And how you talk to people on Twitter is completely different than how you talk to people on Instagram. Everybody's nice on Instagram. They're friendly. Twitter is like the freaking Jerry Springer show with people busting. If you guys are old enough to remember that, people are like busting chairs over <laughs> each other's heads. And they're like, oh, yeah, Grandpa, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. And you're like, you know what? F you. And, you know, and you would never do that on Instagram. You're like, really? You know, like, I have this one guy who goes after me who's a doctor who likes to talk about finance. And it's like, he'll say something stupid about one of the one of the businesses we're involved in. And we'll be like, right, but your business is the third leading cause of death in America. So you might want to sit this one out, Junior. You know, and stick to what you know, which is killing people, you know, with your stuff. I would never say that on Instagram, but that's totally socially acceptable on Twitter. <laughs> so anyway, Sam, back to your paper. By the way, what's up, your local crack babies? Good to see you again, sir. Ma'am, I'm sorry if I assumed your gender. I, I don't even know who, who you are, but we like having you around. Um, Sam, what's on the sheet? What else should we be asking you about? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was what is working on social. Um, I spend most of my time on Instagram, so I'm going to focus this and we're on Instagram right now. So I'm going to talk about Instagram. Um, you should come over to Twitter once in a while though. No, I will never do it. I will never do it. (laughs) 
seems overwhelming with the, the like the volume you have to post. I'm just not into it. Um, what is working is you might, if you're spending time on Instagram at all, you're noticing that video is king now and Instagram, the Instagram algorithm is a hundred percent promoting video. So, um, it, at the beginning of, of when the whole, like, let's just make Instagram TikTok movement was starting, it was all, um, trending audio. So you saw the people who are either dancing to music or voicing over different clips, um, those little funny clips or whatever, um, that is starting to shift a little bit into uh, original audio. So if you can actually come and have, a, if you have a 15 second or 60 second clip from a video you, you make, or you just like take your phone and record like a really, you're probably gonna have to script it because talking under one minute is very challenging. <laughs> um, and like you actually just upload it to the reels, um, the reels section of, uh, of Instagram, you can add a trending music to the background of it, like that, that can help it and then add your little captions. Um, that's a great thing. You can use Canva, um, which is a free graphic design platform that makes things very pretty. They have a lot of video functions. So if you have, if you were used to putting a bunch of quote cards up, you can add a video element to it, whether that's like having the words like show up or having like a little twinkle sticker that will make it into a video. And it sounds so dumb because it is so dumb, but Instagram will reward you for it. Um, another thing that works on in social and any marketing ever is having personality and not sounding like other people. Mm. So that can take time, but you actually sounding like you talk about talk in person, you talking about things that fire you up and actually like you feel energy in your body and emotions in your body when you're talking about them, that works in marketing on any platform that you're on um, because people buy your energy. Okay. Fun fact. Mm. Um, being consistent on any marketing platform works really well, including Instagram. Um, usually people, uh, you don't have to do this if, if the idea of posting every single day is overwhelming, but um, doing stories and doing posts on a daily basis, you will be rewarded for it. But doing stories every day and posts a few times a, a week is also a really great schedule. If you want to, uh, if you're strategy minded and want to get like slightly more advanced, you can, um, if you have a really amazing post with a static image that you are dying to put put up the day before post your reel you're like engaging voiceover content reel that will get a ton of engagement because people engaging on on that will make it so your next post shows up more so you can like be a little strategic of, of what you're posting when and if you you can still do static images and like i do have seven multiple seven figure clients who are like fuck reels fuck all the video stuff i'm just posting whatever i'm posting and it works for them not even because they have a million followers but because they're writing and their content is so good mm -hmm. so always be developing that craft and um i think copywriting is this universal skill as a um as a business owner uh, learning how to be compelling and interesting and a part of that can um, does include storytelling. Storytelling works on every single platform. So if you do posts on Instagram, I'm doing rapid fire. Can you tell? Um, if you do <laughs> posts on, uh, we can we can have you back, Sam. We'll, we'll have you back. <laughs> I can talk forever, back. so like I'm just gonna. <laughs> um, so if you actually are telling uh, stories of your life, and this is this is how we can like some of your posts if you decide like i don't know a quarter of my posts will i'll include a story um and it will be this uh amazing story that has a lesson at the end or it leads naturally leads into my product great decision to go um i i'm trying to think of examples i was gonna be like oh let me send a link to like an example of this but that doesn't make sense on an instagram live um if you like let's say uh there's a few different ways you can think about like what are amazing stories that are directly have to do with your business um, of like, how do we create your client case studies into this hero's journey story of going from, from rags to riches or whatever that before and after is for you. But it also can be these like little um, snippets of your life of 
um, like a post that I did that that has always done really good. And yes, you can repost your stuff because social, people on social media forget what you post like a month after you post it. <laughs> but like telling of um, my dad's death and like the story of uh, when I was 19 and like going through that turmoil process and how that actually led me to the business owner I am today. That post gets insane engagement every time I post it because people want to hear stories. Our human brains are wired to hear stories. So the more that you can actually do storytelling with your posts, great idea. Um, and we already mentioned consistency. Volume does matter a lot of the case, a lot of the time. Like we don't want to like spread volume of, of shit on Instagram. Like that obviously won't work, but if you're just posting once a week, you're not going to see much traction. Um, and notice what kind of creator you are, because there are some people who just want to, in their most, maybe there's one day a month where they have this like creative surge, like use that creative surge and batch a ton of content. And that can be like a simple posts. It can be taking stuff from other things that you've written or videos you've already done or like, oh, I think it would be really fun to do like five lessons I've learned from X, Y, and Z. Take a day and actually batch it. That could be once a month. That could be once a week. Where other people who um, uh, like to be more inspired in the moment, if, if you ha know whether you're this person or that person, because you can just lean on inspiration and just post whenever you're inspired, that's fine too. And on that note, um, I'm almost done with my list, you guys. You do want uh, <laughs> to all... Fall in love with the process. Um, you don't have to, but the people who do the the best in marketing, um, they actually learn how to love the process of it. Um, and I mean, this this does point back to mindset of if you're like fucking Instagram, I hate you so much. I'm gonna still post on you because I'm trying to get clients. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna see the results that you want. But if you actually see like this is a creative process, I get to. Um, I get to be an artist here. I get to actually, and you actually fall in love. Like, ooh, there's this new algorithm. I wonder how I can um, make this my own or I, whatever. You're going to just be happier and you're going to get better results if you fall in love with the process. So, You know what? If I can throw one point on that, Sam, it's such a great point. Neighbor Mike is my neighbor directly across the street. Neighbor and Mike. And neighbor Mike, that's officially his name. He's in the phone as neighbor Mike. That's his house. <laughs> Neighbor Mike's out of town right now, so he's got the ladies watching it to take care of the dogs. I was going to go swimming in his pool, which I normally do when he's out, but anyway, with his permission, by the way. But Neighbor Mike and I usually, every Friday night, we'll stand in the middle of the street and chat for 10 minutes. And uh, Neighbor Mike's super high-end construction. He does, like, fancy, you know, like, super high-end, multi-million dollar restaurants and bars and brew pubs and stuff like that. And the one thing, whenever I'll be like, oh, man, I have to do this. Or he'll say, oh, I have to do this. And we always remind each other, no, man, we get to do this. We have the privilege of doing it. And it's crazy, like you said about falling in love with the process, how much just changing your mindset around it. No, I'm privileged to do this changes the energy that you bring to it and all of it. And never mind, super good guy. Uh, I mean, and think about how lucky we are right now. Like, yeah, there you can make all the arguments you want about how social media is ruining the world and ruining our brains and ruining our mental health. But as business owners, um, we have a free way to get our message out to millions of people. Totally. Where if you look back like 20 years, even 10 years, like it didn't exist. It was significantly harder. So we're incredibly lucky to have these platforms to be promoting ourselves on and promoting our businesses on and making a significant impact on our clients and on the world. 100%. Well, look, you, how many times have we heard those of us old enough to remember when color TV came around, but those, even if our parents, when TV came around, they said the exact same thing. It was breaking the children. It was bright. Yeah, everything was they said it about They said it about books right? back in the 1800s because kids were holding their candlelight. They're like, oh, it's going to ruin their brain. They're going to next. We're going to get messed up. So, you know yeah, what? It all goes um, in we, yeah, we do have We did get questions. a question about our financial reels more finance are reels more financially beneficial i didn't see who asked it because it's uh, lindy lou 816 asked that question all right sweet sam what would you say what would you say on that um it 
definitely gets more engagement and you'll get more views. Um, they don't necessarily lead to more conversions. Okay. So awesome. like you're go. asking if it's financially better. It's like, they don't necessarily, they'll get more eyes on them. And I mean, having a certain number of reels as a part of your larger picture, even if it's a, a smaller percentage of them will help more people see more of your content. Um, but they don't necessarily lead to more conversions. So conversions to a sales call or conversions to someone actually buying whatever you're selling. Right. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You and I had this conversation a little bit when we had lunch together uh, a couple months ago is around the fact that I've, at least from, from my perspective, having worked in a lot of the platforms or all the platforms at one point or another, Instagram seems to be the, the one that the, the algorithm is so tuned to each component. So like, for example, LinkedIn is really just the feed. They have groups, they have ways to do lives, they have all that type of stuff, but it really doesn't, one doesn't feed the other. Facebook has, uh, I don't know if they call them, I can't remember if they call them stories or whatever it is, but it's similar kind of concept to those, right? Yeah. But really, the Facebook is fed largely by the feed and the groups, right? What goes mm -hmm. on in groups, especially recently, and the whole ad everyone thing is ridiculous. But all of that, they've got some of that stuff. So that's kind of how they're done. Whereas Instagram is fascinating to me in the sense that if you want to keep the people who follow you loving you, you got to shoot stories. You got to have them in there and you got to tell stories like it's literally stories. So tell stories like you just said, you had a great point about like life stories and testimonials and things that are going on there where people kind of engage with that part of it. Your posts become really won't work like an actual post won't work. I was wondering if we we're going to get an appearance. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, he, he's, little dog. He even he's little yawning. Dog. <laughs> okay, the whole thing's over with. Now we just want to talk about the dog. Yeah. What's up, little dude? He has one blue eye, you guys. He's very cute. He is <laughs> very cute. That's awesome. But um, it's fascinating to me because that's where you get into, like, you have to be kind of playing in Instagram as a whole. Yeah. And you have to dedicate the time because then if you want to put out a good post, you do have to get a couple of good reels going ahead of time to get your engagement levels up and then people will see the post. So I just think it's it's fascinating um, to to see how that that all plays together. Um, lovely CJB has a question, but real quick on the, just kind of following up on that, uh, Lindy Lou also asked, do you recommend uh, paid advertising on Instagram? Um, it depends on, um, like, I, this is actually a point I wanted to make where email marketing is still the best way to make sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, it is a great idea to use Instagram or any social media to get people onto your email list. So if you're doing paid Instagram ads to an opt-in, like a landing page where you have a freebie, that's a brilliant idea. Um, however, you there's, there is a bit of a learning curve on how, there are some things that you want to think about of like, how do I actually make a lead magnet that people want? And how to actually make a landing page that will convert. So there's just a, there's a few more elements in there. But yeah, if you are running, I, I wouldn't run ads to like just your posts, but I would run ads to get people onto your email list. And I can just say, if any of you guys are on Twitter, never run an ad on Twitter. Never, never, never. Because again, it goes back to the Twitter, the whole Twitter mentality. So mm -hmm. you'll have a really nice watch company be like, hey, check out our new watch. And everyone will be like, oh, yeah, you're going to give me a free watch? Like, get off my feet. So yeah. It's just that's the environment over there that I would, as much as I love Twitter, it's the first place I got, you know, some traction on social media on. I would never run an ad over there. Never, never, never. So it's platform well, and, specific. And learning about ads can be as simple as actually interacting on the platform. Because you'll see ads that are like, cringe. I do not want this. This is so dumb. Keep swiping. And then you'll actually see ads that stop you. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones you want to pay attention to of like, why is this stopping me? What is it about the video or the image or the first line? Like, and start breaking it down because that's, that's how you learn. Um, unless you're going to hire a, uh, hire an ad agency to do it for you. Um, so again, it, it can just be as simple as interacting on, um, Facebook or Instagram to seeing what stops you and start to actually break it down. And I mean, stop you as in like, you're actually wanting to opt in for the thing. <laughs> yeah. I would, those are great. Let me go to Lovely's question because it asked about when is a good time for coaching. I would say literally day one, 
Mm -hmm. There's different levels of coaching. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you can pay to go to a seminar, which is completely different, you know, on your topic. When we were learning the tax resolution business, which is for people that haven't filed their taxes for years, by the way, if any of you guys just got to throw in a tax tip, but if you guys are behind on your taxes or owe the IRS money, they're quadrupling the budget they already have to hire more agents and they're about to double it again. So going from 12 billion a year in budget to 80 billion a year and their goal is to collect 2 trillion in revenue. So anyway, um, when we were going to learn that business, sorry, uh, I started, when we were going to learn that business, we just went and found somebody who knew it, had done it. I'd spoken at tax conferences with this guy, Jason and Dan, and uh, we just tracked him down. I'm like, what do we need to know? Joined their coaching group and bought for just a few hundred dollars a month, bought all of their knowledge from combined of 40 years. Now, they talked about having a one-on-one, going to retreats, get your mindset right. I don't really need that at that time, but that's another level up. So CJP, what I would say is start by attending a, se- a good seminar and what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And then you can work up so you can find someone that's successful that will train you on that. We do coaching in the college space to teach um, financial professionals how to get grants and scholarships for their clients, but you can level up on that. That would be my two cents on it. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that, but you should be getting coaching from day one because it's going to save you from making mistakes that other people will make. Um, Another thing is you can use podcasts. Like that's how, when I was just getting started and I didn't have much of a budget like for coaching or whatever is I I just listened to podcasts of people whose mindsets I wanted to have. and uh, I would just listen to it all the time. So I had like my list of four podcasts that I would listen to and have it in my ear and I would binge listen to them. And it made an insane difference, like huge, huge, huge difference. Um, and if you, if you know anything about your brain, we have this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. And pretty much the only thing it does is it tries to confirm your beliefs. It's just trying to confirm the beliefs you already have. So if your beliefs are shit and they were set by your parents by the time you were seven, then you it, it's, it's going to be this barrier from actually getting what you want. So if you can, like, there are different ways to, to change it, but I kind of like, we're in this fish tank of our own beliefs that we already have. So if you can put yourself in a different fish tank and start overloading the inputs with things that you actually want, it does work. So the, I've used podcasts for that. I've used um, audiobooks for that, um, and which is so so doable and accessible for anyone who's just starting out. What podcast specifically did you find helpful? I uh, loved Make Money as a Life Coach, and I'm in the coaching space. But her her podcasts are exceptional. She's you can tell she spends a lot of time. They're just solo episodes, and um, everyone I turn her podcast onto they like maybe they hate her voice but <laughs> oh god um, now we gotta listen to it just to hear the voice what else what else did you love you said there were four what were the other um four? what else were they listening to at the time um i okay so i'm i'm a, a millennial woman so like most of these are going to be podcasts of millennial women <laughs> i'll just preface this um i loved um amanda francis's podcast i'm I'm not going to remember the name, um, but her name is Amanda Francis. You can search that. You'll find her podcast. Um, And I like the Life Coach School podcast, which is not just for coaches. She has a lot of like mindset focused things. Um, And I mean, she has a multiple eight figure business doing coaching and online programs and an online certification. So like just watching her, like from the, she's, she's on her podcast for years. So like she started off as like, I think she was only at multiple six figures and like now she's at multiple eight figures. And and so you can kind nice. of, you can watch the transition and like learn stuff along the way. So um, I'm trying to think that what was, what else was I, was I listening to at the time? Well, you're thinking of it, Sam. So I'm going to your, what are your one or two favorite podcasts? I've never been a big podcast guy. Um, didn't even want to own, have one. So, uh, and here we are. Right. Uh, so I've never wow. been, I, I have a hard time. Like, so I can't listen to audiobooks cause I can't send somebody reading to me cause I read too slow. 
So I just have a really. You know, you can hold on, Dominic. You know, you can speed that up. I know. I heard that. I still. I actually. Thing I've heard all day, Dominic. Seriously, go sit your. No, I'm telling you right now. I I read books. I read. I guarantee. I read at the top percentage of anybody reading amount of books. I put down seventy five to one hundred books a year, at least, if not more. Uh, I read them. I just can't stand somebody reading to me. Podcasts feel the same way to me. I don't watch TV. How many shows do you ask me if I've ever watched it and I never watch any of them? So um, I've just not that that's not my way to I'd rather read. So I tend to get my consume my stuff from reading, though. And then I also joined coaching groups. So I joined digital marketer a long time ago. I mean, that be tough to call that a coaching group. But you know, join their programs, um, did exactly what you're talking about, because you would tell me about stuff. In fact, I joined Digital Marketer because of Ron originally, um, because they just had cool tools. And he was like, I oh, should check these guys out as you start your business. I think it'd be really easy for you to do. So I agree with that. And then I rely heavily on mentors. So it's whether I'm paying for those mentors or their mentors in my I'm pretty blessed to have some really smart business owners in my circle, Ron included where I can learn stuff from them and, and take in that coaching as much as possible. But no, I'll be honest with you. I'm just not a big, I've never been a big podcast guy. I'm getting more into it now. Obviously hosting one has uh, made me listen to more of them for the style. And then I'm like, all right, I can see the appeal to it for sure. Um, and I, I'm getting more into it, but you're not going to get me doing audiobooks. I'll tell you that right all now. All right. Shalene, uh, Lindsay Kirsch throws up Shalene Johnson. So she likes her, just so you guys know, I like the Andy Priscilla one. I've been listening to that for a while. Mm-hmm. He's got the Real AF one. Have either of you guys ever listened to that? Mm-hmm. Sam, have you heard of Andy? Oh, you'd, you'd like Andy. Um, he's not a millennial woman, but you'll like him anyways. He's the guy that started the 75 Hard Challenge, runs a supplement company. But his um, podcast is all mindset, business, you know, typical stuff. And then have either of you guys ever listened to Huberman Labs? It's Michael Huberman. He's a he's a Stanford professor who does a separate podcast. The only thing with his podcast is they're all two and a half, three hours long. So he has really interesting guests like sleep guests. You know, one guy was a sleep expert. They did nothing but talk about how to improve the quality of your sleep. Uh, he's done them on how to speed up learning, how to, you know, reroute neurons in your brain. But um, anyway, did you think of the last one? No. All right. Well, never mind. You got, we got three. One. They got three. Got to keep them busy. I gave them a couple. Dominic is useless in this regard. Thanks useless. for nothing, uh, Dominic. Let's 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 help out Sam though. Sam runs a really great podcast as well, and I've I've t- tuned into a couple of those episodes. She's had some friends of ours on there too, or people that we both you know we've known from coaching groups and stuff on there uh, as guests as well. Uh, definitely more towards her audience, but she does a great job of that podcast so i don't remember what it's what it's called and, uh, and you have a funny name it's a great name for it, it. it's called business as a magical practice okay but oh well go. i was thinking more your you know you you, you it, sam has the best bylines for anything you'll ever read on some of the stuff that she writes of like <laughs> business is a magical magical practice because you're a you know whatever and it's really awesome oh i mean i can tell you the reason if you're curious yes <laughs> sure um, so for spiritual people or people into meditation, we, we use our tools in order to support our business most of the time. So like we'll meditate to be more productive or we will do spells to make more money in our business or whatever. Like we're using all of these tools in order to get this end result in our business. And the name of the podcast came around with the truth that our businesses are actually this playground for our soul's evolution. So it is triggering all of these cra- this crazy stuff in our lives for us to go deeper, to see our mindset errors pop up, to have our shadow show itself so that we can work through it. So it is, and you can, you hear this a lot with like relationships of like relationships being this, this place for people to um, uh, have their biggest evolution, but I'm, business is also this place so it, it's it's showing the other side of that i love it yeah mm-hmm. i love no, it it's... all right guys the sprinklers came on <laughs> the show's over <laughs> so, perfect yeah well, thank you so much for getting up in the middle of the night uh to do this <laughs> we really appreciate it i can almost it looks like the sun might be starting to come up over is there that... yeah yeah right behind your shoulder and the neighbor's firing up their truck yeah definitely time for this to be over um, 
Sam is with the, the Dirty Alchemy. You can find her on Instagram. If you guys haven't followed her, fix that right now. Dominic's at Real Biz Advisors. Fix that if you don't follow him. I'm Rano Carruthers. And at Sam, do you have a bunch of imposters, by the way, on Instagram? No. Wow, I love it. We get them all the time. So uh, make sure, at least for me, you're following Rod Oak Brothers and not 27 versions of that. It's pretty amazing um, how creative they are to come up with another version of your name to oh be an God. imposter. Ron, literally, <laughs> I get friend requests from Ron's imposters about from at least Ron. three or four day, three or four times a week. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's absolutely nuts. But no, Sam, thanks oh, so much for for being on it. Honestly, if for anybody who's listening to this who may not be in that space, still follow Sam. I mean, like her content is awesome. And even if you're not in that space of of the woo-woo space, as I call it, which is why I let her introduce it much better uh, than I do. If Even if you're not in her, her content's awesome. I learned a lot from her. It's been great to be to know her for the last few years. I, I learned a ton from her for her feed as well. So uh, follow her for sure. She's she's fantastic. Thanks, you guys. All right, Sam, really thanks fun. again. We'll do it again next week, every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. 5 a.m. if you're in We Hawaii. did not mention back episodes are up on makemorekeepmoreshow.com and everywhere you see podcasts. And typically uh, the, the recording from that week shows up the following Monday. So if we do it on Friday, usually by Monday, 8 a.m., you'll see the recording of the, the podcast in case you missed it up on everywhere that you might see podcasts. There you go. All right. Thanks again, Sam. I appreciate having you on. We'll thanks, do it again Sam. next week. And we'll get you back. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.